Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the most electrifying podcast in all of internet radio today. You are listening to the Sports Wire. My name is Vinny Apicella, broadcasting to you from beautiful, historic New Britain, Connecticut, and I've got another special show on tap for you today. I know I haven't recorded a podcast since last Wednesday when Bubba Collins was on uh, was our guest. We had a really good show. It was a, like an hour and a half long podcast, which I had kind of been moving away from due to going daily. Uh, but I wanted to kind of give that episode some time to breathe. Uh, I probably should have done, you know, a couple more this week, but especially with uh, a very uh, unique uh, and unprecedented WrestleMania with no fans this past Sunday, uh, this past Saturday and Sunday, I should say, uh, the first WrestleMania that was too big for one night. And we'll get into that a little more. But anyways, I have a guest coming on the show today. And her name is Liz Pugliese. And I will uh, get her to pronounce her last name properly. Uh, even though it's Italian, sometimes you don't... Not all Italian stuff is pronounced the same, so... Uh, Pugliese, uh, Pugliese, maybe, um, Liz Pugliese, that's probably better, uh, but she will be joining me in just a little bit, we'll be talking WrestleMania, we'll be talking WWE, uh, the sad news about, uh, breaking news as of yesterday, the XFL has gone ahead and decided to suspend all league operations and terminate all players and personnel, and, Apparently, they're not coming back for the 2021 season, so uh, it's just sad news. Uh, For what happened, you know, for earlier, you know, for what was played, the games were good. The the competition was great. It was a good alternative to the NFL. You know, they were working out the kinks, but things looked great, and unfortunately now they're not coming back because of this coronavirus garbage. Um, Sad, sad news, so... Chalk up another fatality in the COVID-19, and that is the XFL, Um, which is sad because, you know, I really think they could have made a go at it. You know, you can't, you cannot compare this XFL to the previous incarnation of the XFL or the AAF, which played last year, because they didn't run out of money. You know, it wasn't Attitude Era football that looked you know, hokey and scripted and all that. It was good football, you know, and, you know, they didn't run out of money midway through the season. They had everything funded for the whole year, but, you know, unfortunately this happened and Vince McMahon lost a lot of money and every day this goes on, he's losing even more. I mean, think about it. He sold a lot of shares of WWE, uh, so that he had money to keep uh, the XFL afloat, to keep, you know, the WWE going, uh, you know, and especially with this past WrestleMania that had no fans, it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, uh, you know, that's 80,000 people that were supposed to be there, and I'm sure the refunds had to kill them, you know, the people that have already bought tickets and they're having to refund all that money, and, you know, it's like, I know, granted, I know they had insurance on the event, uh, which is why they, you know, they did, they had to do what they had to do, but, 
Uh, either way, it's hard to fathom. But anyways, uh, give me a uh, little bit and we'll be back with Liz uh, Polisi. See, I said it that way. That's probably it. Uh, and we'll be right back and she'll be on the line with us. Give it to five. Well, we'd like to welcome uh, Liz. Forgive me if I uh, butcher your last name. Uh, is it Pagliesi? It's Pagliesi. Pagliesi, okay. Uh, to the Sports Wire. And uh, how are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. And um, thank you for joining me on this uh, uh, day, what is it, day 15 of quarantine? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And um, so, uh, let's get our uh, listeners like acquainted because you did put out a tweet or retweeted the uh, Sportswire's tweet uh, earlier this week saying it was your one-time return to podcasting. So, you have history in podcasting? Yeah, very little. I did um, Raw and SmackDown reviews first with. Um, Harry and Brandon over at um, W2M, Wrestling to the Max, and then more recently um, over at the, the chair shot with Harry and Tony. Okay. Oh, very nice. Uh, so, well, so you don't do that anymore, I take it? Uh, no, I don't think there's too many wrestling podcasts over at um, Wrestling to the Max, oddly enough. 
at the moment is kind of shifting focus. Great bunch of people. Sean runs a, a great site. And um, with the with the chair shot, I took a little bit of a, a break for a bit. <coughs> has some things going on, but mainly it's really hard to record at a 11.30 to like 1.30 in the morning. So. Yeah. Oh, I could definitely understand that. Um, well, uh, I'd like to welcome you back to podcasting <laughs> officially and um so let's um let's, let's get some background like obviously you are a wrestling fan seeing that you have done raw and smackdown reviews right and um how long have you been a wrestling fan i'd have to easily say i mean i'm 44 so i'd have to easily say a lot a long long time i remember you know i've watched it since I was a kid, you know, we used to get all the pay-per-views and have, like, pay-per-view parties. My mother would put out, like, stuff. all my brother's friends would come, um, things like that. So, I'd have to say since I was, like, at least six or seven. Very nice. I have the same, I have the similar uh, fandom experience. I started very early. It was actually my grandmother that got me into it, and, uh, you know, she would have the, the cable scrambler box, so we would get all the, you know, pay-per-views over her house, and uh, it was the same thing. We would, you know, especially because, you know, th- uh, Survivor Series was always on Thanksgiving at mm-hmm. the time, so, you know, we'd have Thanksgiving dinner that we'd all go right. watch Survivor Series um, back before wrestling has gone through a major boom period, and, uh, you know, uh, 15 pay-per-views a year now. Uh, with WWE alone, okay. and uh, anyway, so let's let's jump with both feet into it. Give me your thoughts on this unique, unprecedented, no fans WrestleMania last weekend. So I might be in the minority um, group, but I actually really enjoyed it. I've actually been enjoying for the most part. I think the first couple of um, War and Smackdowns, they were like trying to feel things out, you know, like what they were going to do. They have a lot more time to fill than, you know, AEW does. Um, right. And AEW, of course, is doing a great job as well. Probably a little bit more action on, on their side. Um, but it's five hours just with Raw and SmackDown, convert, you know, compared to two. You know, and I'm not knocking, right. I'm not knocking AEW. They're doing a great job, of course. But, um, so, you know, everybody was like, oh, it's going to be horrible. They shouldn't be having it, which they probably shouldn't have. And whatnot. But I actually enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the last couple of WrestleManias. Um, I thought it had, I, I liked day one a little bit more than I liked um, day two. I thought day two was like really rushed and maybe not as, you know, cohesive. And that's just my opinion. I don't know, you know, really know much. Um, but I enjoyed it. I think that, the you know, the guys and gals can really get into their promos, you know, they don't have everything hijacked by the crazy fans shouting what, or you suck, you know, or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they've been doing, for the most part, a really, a, a really good, you know, good job. I thought there was a lot of really good, uh, really good matches. Um, I, the two title, though, the two title matches were kind of like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. It, and you felt, especially for Drew, um, you know, you felt bad, like, he doesn't, he didn't have that many a moment because all the fans, for the majority of them, are like, really want to see him as champ. Um, and with Braun, obviously, you know, it was going to be Roman. 
So and people would have been going, you know, annoyed about that anyway. So right. the, the, both those matches were like really short and a little odd, in my opinion. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I did, did the last two previous WrestleManias, let's say. Yeah, and you know what? I, I enjoyed it as well. I, I'm with you. I know I, you know, going up to it, I was excited for it just because of the newness. You know, it's like you very, very rarely get anything new in wrestling mm-hmm. nowadays. Uh, obviously, AEW being a new company, you know, they, they're still in that honeymoon period. Albeit not everything is for everyone. Uh, you know, you have some things. AEW has a lot of, uh, a lot of different types and styles that some of it's going to appeal to some people. Some of it's not going to appeal to some people. Uh, there's some good and bad in both. So AEW is still in that, that honeymoon period, but in WWE terms, you don't have many things new anymore. This was the first time WrestleMania was on two nights. Uh, obviously it was easier to do because they were doing it in the performance center and everything was pre-recorded. So all they had to do was, you know, edit it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to say, I, I enjoyed it. And I think I enjoyed it more because I had a little bit, you know, lower expectations of it. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, like, the I'm, you know, I'm not, I wasn't thrilled with the title matches. I mean, they were just literally finisher matches. Right. You know, three, you know, four spears, four power slams, and bronze a champ. Then you get, you know, four F5s and four Claymore kicks and Drew's a champ. So... You know, I, the two people I have to say I really feel bad for uh, not having the fans were Drew McIntyre, for one, and Edge. Uh, you know, Edge coming back, his first singles match. Uh, a lot of people said that, you know, that uh, last man standing match when there, there, were, there were a couple of criticisms about that match. Uh, one being that it was too long uh, and the other being that that spot where I think it was Randy Orton had uh, put, you know, had held Edge up with the uh, strap from one of the workout machines. And a lot of people were uh, cringing at that because of, you know, the Chris Benoit incident. And, and especially with Dark Side of the Ring, the Chris Benoit story airing the week prior. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. I didn't care. I thought it was a pretty good spot because, it, you know, it was, you know, literally Randy Orton was trying to hold Edge up to do more moves to him. But either way, uh, I enjoyed it myself. Long story short. How did you feel about um, the Boneyard match? And, and then we'll get to the Firefly Funhouse match afterwards, but uh, how did you feel about the Boneyard match? You know, it- and this is, I'm going to say this, my first reaction to, to both of them um, was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Where are they going with this? But, um, I think, uh, yeah, the, it took me a couple of seconds to, to get into it because like, this is like so weird. Um, but they did such a great job with it. Um, the music, the settings, I mean, they really made it like a little mini action movie. And you really, right. you really got drawn into it. And I think the moment I got really drawn into it, and this might sound stupid, is when The Undertaker was like, Alan, you know, because you never really hear them. You know, right. and I was like, oh, wait, you know, <laughs> he's mad. He's a little man. So, but I think he did a great job with it. I think AJ 
um, had some great, you know, acting in it and, and, and such. And with the um, acolytes turning on him, I, I, I yeah. was never really into, um, he had a great theme song, though. At that time, I was never really into um, whatever they called him when he was the bike of my mind just went blank. Oh, Rolling by Limp Bizkit? Yeah, I love that song, but whatever they called The Undertaker at that time, that whole gimmick. The American, American, the American Badass. Yeah, I never yeah, listened to that too much as opposed to the actual Undertaker. Yeah. But, you know, hey, that's who he really is, you know, so maybe at this stage where he's working, you know, once a year, that's easier for him to do, not easier, but, you know, better for him to do. But overall, I thought um, they totally, you know, you know, what they, I guess they changed it from a casket match or, or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. I think that they really pulled together, especially with, I think if they didn't have the music and such, that it would have been a little, little right. less than it was, but adding the music and all the effects and everything, I think that really knocked it out of the park. I agree. I, I enjoyed it. Like, and, and it begs the question going forward, you know, will they do more of these, you know, cinematic matches so to speak and you really can't even call them matches because mm-hmm. they're you know they're not they're they're not uh you know uh traditional wrestling matches but um could we see a version of that you know maybe next year's wrestlemania um could you know could that help number one extend the undertaker's career because you know he's not taking as many bumps and they get set up crash pads and you know, it's it's like you know, it, it really is. It's like a, a mini action movie, you know. You know, and could we possibly get that uh, that that dream match between the Undertaker and Sting in that way? Because you know, we all know the Sting can't wrestle because of the spinal stenosis. Um, but that's a that's a traditional wrestling match. Could we see something like this and and you know have that dream fantasy matchup of the Undertaker versus Sting? No, I suppose you could. I, um, I'll be honest. I could care less if I ever see the Undertaker and Sting wrestling any type of match. Um, in my honest opinion, I think the Undertaker should have been retired a few times ago. Um, okay, it's not a popular opinion, but it's it's my belief. Um, I don't know if it would work at next year's WrestleMania, seeing as theoretically it's going to be live and back in an arena. But I could. I yep. could, I mean, it would be taped and everybody would be watching on this. So I think the people at home would benefit more from it than the people in the stands mm-hmm. watching it on the Titantron. I could see them, though, with something like The Undertaker or even some other big rivalry um, having some type of network special where okay. these yep. cinematic, you know, style um, events that are going to be built as so brutal, you know, it needs its own hour you know or whatever right right yeah i i uh i think you know i i think that's a great idea and even aj styles himself has come across come out and said you know the cinematic matches could work but they can't do them all the time it has to be you know spaced out has to give you know have a time to Mm -hmm. breathe um now switching gears how did you feel about the firefly funhouse match well, that one you definitely can't call a match. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't 
texting you during it? I remember I was like, what the hell? What am I watching? <laughs> what is this? That one took a lot, a, a lot longer to get into it. And then it was just so crazy. You, I know people yeah. are like, about it and whatnot. But again, the same with the Boneyard. It was nice to see them do something different. It's, this is where, like, I think the WWE will really excel again. In my opinion, that even though people go on and on about the ratings, I still think they're selling the other yeah. company or whatever. Um, I think it was, it showed a lot of depth to Bray, and it showed a whole other side of Cena that I don't think people were you know, really, really expecting. Right. I know that, um, you know, he's done his movies, but this was kind of seen his best acting. <laughs> I've seen it, and I don't really watch his movies too much that I've seen in anything that, that he's done. I think it showed a whole other side of him and just showed how mm-hmm. good um, Bray is in this character and in, in what he does. Oh, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, it's like, it was, it was weird. And, and I think some of the criticism that I would have is if you're a, let's say you're a newer fan or a younger fan, you wouldn't have gotten the references to Saturday night's mm-hmm. main event or, uh, or even, you know, NWO Monday Nitro um, because those weren't even around in Cena's era. Like, you know, the original Saturday night's main event with the blue cage. And, you know, that was, that was way before that was Hogan that, era. Uh, that was Bray's father, Bray's uncle. That was all stuff, you know, that his family was, you know, in, involved in, right. which I remember. So I'm a huge Barry Windham fan. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you were not of a certain age, you're going to, a lot of it you like, you've heard of, but you're not going to be like, really get where they were going with that. Right. And um, with the, you know, NWO Monday Nitro reference, I, you know, from what I was told, that was put in there so. Cena could see what would happen if he did a big heel turn, like you know, like Hogan did back in the late nineties. Uh, you know, because there were there was a lot of a lot of stuff, especially in the late two thousands. You know, what if Cena turned heel and created a new NWO, and he would have been that that Hollywood Hogan style heel turn because nobody, I mean, everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted to see a heel turn, but nobody expected it to happen. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing with, with Hogan. Nobody expected Hogan to ever turn heel. Uh, and, and that's exactly what happened at Bash of the Beach, and it reinvigorated his career. And I think I see people still saying, oh, they, they want Cena you know, to turn heel. I think if he came back to any stretch of time, I think that that would be the best way to do it, to really reinvent him. Um, and this right. whole psychological thing would be a great way to set him up. You know, break out into his head, you know, twisting him around, battling some demon. It would, it would be a great way to set it up. Oh, I agree. Um, going forward with the Fiend character, you know, rumor has it that uh, he's going to be in a, in a feud with Braun Strowman for the universal mm-hmm. title. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mean, I personally don't think the feed, the fiend needs a title because 
number one, they they screwed it up with the Hell in the Cell match. Then, you know, they realized they can't put Seth over on him, so they gave him the title in Saudi Arabia. And then, you know, he gets squashed by Goldberg. So for him to go after the title with Braun, the story's there, obviously, because Bray Wyatt's the one that brought Braun Strowman to the WWE in the Wyatt family. But how how you you know how are they going to book it? Who's going to come out on top? Does the Fiend come out on top and get a you know get the title back? And then you know you know the whole Goldberg Braun thing was just really nothing other than just to get the title off Bray to go with Cena or you know or do they go with Braun but then you're killing the Fiend character again it might be one way to work it in by uneducated things is um, I'm going to explain it where you have more than one storyline with the with you know the champion at a time um, and yeah. the, the same with the Fiend Fiend has Cena coming after him Bray, for some reason, has his eyes on Braun, and then once, mm-hmm. you know, Roman can come out of, you know, like everybody else, um, Roman's like, well, hey, you know, that, that was my spot. You know, you only have it because I had to give up my spot for, you know, whatever. So, so the inquiries yeah. you have converging storylines, which they haven't really done in a long time. It used to be quite, right. when I was growing up, it used to be quite, you always had more than one person, you know, coming at the uh, not always, but you quite often you had people coming more than one storyline. So if they did something like that, it might make some type of sense. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with you, and that would kind of be a throwback to some of the booking of the late '90s, early 2000s, Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, and they're you know they're pushing the Ruthless Aggression uh, series on the network. Um, to the point where they're actually airing the first three episodes on FS1 coming up soon. Uh, I mean, especially now with the state of the world, you know, Fox Sports is literally turning to the WWE. There's no sports going on. Uh, WWE is the only sports on Fox right now. So, you know, we saw, uh, they. I believe they showed a WrestleMania on, on Fox. And, you know, they had WrestleMania on the Fox app. Fox, uh, Fox Now, uh, on pay per view on there. They had uh, uh, WrestleMania on ESPN for the, for three weeks before, uh, and actually the day of this day two. Uh, just amazing to see WWE is through this, you know, COVID nineteen pandemic is catching in. I mean, they're having their their content everywhere. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that has I guess worked out for you know, their benefit, um, especially as there's uncertainty whether, you know, whether, how, not whether, but how Horror and SmackDown are going to, and I guess NXT and everything else are going to go forward, whether it's going to be some version of live or, or recorded. You're definitely getting um, older fans who may be straight away or more casual fans, like, okay, I'm bored, there's no basketball. <laughs> let me, let right, me watch right, it. right. Um, I do from what from the reports I've heard is that uh, WWE is going to be going forward with live Raws, SmackDowns, and NXTs from the Performance Center. Um, I guess all wrestlers are carrying essential media passes mm-hmm. now, 
for, you know, to travel uh, to the to the to Orlando because Florida is still under the stay at home order. Uh, but they're you know, all the wrestlers have all the people that are coming have the essential media and uh, WWE is going to, from what I was told, they're taking severe precautions. You know, they're changing the mats between every match. Uh, they're sanitizing the ropes uh, between every match. Like they're going through everything. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's going to be highly debated and, and you're damned if you do damned if you don't. A lot of people, especially like Ryback, is saying, you know, you guys got to shut down for the re- for the wrestlers' health and well-being and everything. And then you got a lot of people that are thankful at least there's some kind of entertainment that's still going on uh, because everything else is shut down. So, you know, they're damned if they do, if they do, damned if they don't. Uh, I will say, I'm enjoying AEW's. Uh, empty arena shows a little bit better because at least they're having some of the underneath talent as audience. So you kind of get a little bit of that, that crowd feeling. Right. But that's also true. Um, I mean, everybody has to be have the temperature check. There is that, you know, and, and, and the other thing, yeah, I mean, the yeah. WWE could have done the same thing, but, and I'm not saying the WWE is doing it better, but they're, you know, limiting. I mean, if they're recording or when they're doing it, they're limiting who's, how many people are around, you know, how many people, you know, how many people, so I mean, there's really no right way of, you know, right way of doing it, and really, they should probably both not be doing it, but, you know, but, <laughs> right. just like, the stupid thing is that the fans are like, oh, Vince is forcing them to do it, so what's Cody and Khan, are they not forcing him to do it, like, they, they, they oh, right. take exactly. if they don't do it, Vince is going to fire them, okay, but what about Khan and, like, Cody and whoever actually owns the company, they're not, like, <laughs> You know, and, and right. the, a lot of them, not all of them, but quite a few of them live in Florida. So the traveling is, you know, so, so yeah. bad for them. But obviously not all of them do. I know, like, Mox and Moxley lives in Vegas, you know, you know, whatever. And, you know, Randy was in Missouri, and obviously some of them have to travel. So that makes it a little bit easier that some of them are there, you know, um, cut down slightly on the risk of, of traveling, but the fans just have too much stupidity, and you know, in many ways, it's like Vince, you know, Vince is forcing them. It's just, that's not true. I mean, if they're gonna, they're, they're adults. If they're gonna say, like, screw you, I don't want to risk myself. Sure, you know, he could fly them, but right. it's gonna look really, 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 <laughs> really bad. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I, I feel like. Uh, you know, going forward, it's going to be crazy because I know Money in the Bank was already canceled at, at the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore. Uh, so I have a feeling that, you know, my, going through Money in the Bank, it's going to be at the Performance Center. And, you know, there's so much uncertainty yeah. with this virus. We don't know when we're going to be coming off lockdown. We don't know when we'll be able to have large groups of people gathering again. You know, some of the models say it might not be till August. Some of the models are saying it could be the end of May. So we just we just don't know. Uh, you know, and that's it's going to take its toll. I mean, um, we just heard yesterday that the XFL decided to suspend its operations and not have the twenty twenty one season. Uh, another another huge hit. 
Um, it seems like the XFL is unfortunately just doomed. Yeah, it really does. And people were really enjoying At least I had seemed to have quite a few friends who were really enjoying it. But I don't watch any type yeah. of football, so I can tell you one thing or the other about it. <laughs> but I had a lot okay. of friends who were always like posting about it and excited about it and arguing over it just like they do, you know, with the NFL. So it is a shame to all those people and with them and any company that's shutting down and laying off their people because of it. Because of the virus. Yeah. Um, so moving away from, uh, you know, moving away from wrestling a little bit, just, well, not necessarily wrestling, but at least moving away from current day stuff. Um, who were some of your favorite wrestlers uh, growing up? And, you know, seeing that you've been a fan for, you know, upwards of three decades, uh, you know, who are some of so your favorites? Way back in the olden days, um, the MSG network, um, used to show mm-hmm. not only house shows for the WWE, but they used to show um, the NWA and WCCW. So I got to see like okay. a lot of great stuff. Um, I love Devon Eric, um, Michael Hayes, um, Barry Windham. I was never too, too big into um, Hogan. I never really liked Hogan. I was never really a fan of Rick Flair. I mean, the Horsemen were, you know, of course, legendary and great. Um, there were these two South African brothers who wrestled for WCCW, Sean C. Simpson. Um, I loved them. They were really good. And then, of course, you go into, um, you know, the Rockers. I was a big fan of the Rockers. Uh, yeah. um, still a fan of <laughs> Sean, Bret Hart, uh, Eddie. You know, pretty much a lot of the fans. But I always liked a lot of the people, too, that nobody... Um, I was a big fan of uh, Tito Santana. So pretty, pretty, okay. pretty eclectic. I'm in the room with my, my mother. She, she, she wanted to go on a record, but she's a huge fan of Titus O'Neil. Loved him. She loves Titus. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so pretty much a, a, a lot of people. I didn't really um, discriminate. Dunk that dog, Coco Beware. I loved, you know, I, I just yeah. enjoyed, you know, wrestling. Of course, I had my favorites, and, you know, I always, I always, well, now my favorites right. tend to be people that everybody else, you know, hates Jinder, uh, Corbin. Those are two of, yeah. my, two of my favorites. I, you know, I never knew that MSG Network would play yeah. NWA or WCCW. Yeah, and then, um, was MSG I mean, and then, like, the original, original, probably, like, TBS or something like that. Um, they would play it, but, yeah, yeah, the original uh, MSG, well, when it was first out, I guess now it's actually the Net- Yes Network, I don't actually know. Um, they would show all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. They would show the house shows. If WWE was in town, they would, they would have the house shows. Yeah. Bruno oh, San Martino wow. was, of course, always big in my, my family, being Italian. Um, oh, you know who I used to love? Um, Dino Bravo, too. I loved him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't see much of Dino Bravo. I, I literally, you know, learned about him towards, uh, you know, the end of his mm-hmm. career when he was in WWE uh, back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because I'm very interested in, you know, his story. I, I'm, 
anxiously awaiting the episode of Dark Side of the Ring about Dino Bravo and you know his story and how he how he mm-hmm. got murdered and and everything. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I think that's very interesting. Um, have you been I watching Dark Side on DVR? I have not yet seen one of them. And Harry, my um, good friend and former uh, podcast leader, there he's always like to you know, always telling me about them. Um, everybody's always talking about them. And I love crime and mystery stuff. I'm a huge Criminal Minds fan, except for the last two seasons. That's a whole, that's a whole podcast for Amazon. Yeah. Um, uh, so I see something that you think, and everybody's always telling me, like, oh, it's so I'm telling you to see this. And I, I have them all on DVR, but I haven't watched any of them yet. And, you know, partly it's because I'm familiar, quite familiar with a lot of the stories. Um, obviously not in depth mm-hmm. as, as they go. And there's, for me, it's just like some things I feel like I'm better off not, you know, not knowing. I'm definitely, <laughs> I don't know, I guess using the term older school, like I don't really, I don't want to say I don't really care. But all this stuff is important. This is, you know, interesting, you know, stuff and, and everything should not be minimized. But like a lot of the backstage and personal life stuff, I don't really care about that with any, you know, mm. celebrity. So, for, for the right. most part, there's a couple, like, I'm, you know, into it, we want to know the but for the most part, it's like, it is what it is. I'll get around to watching them, because, but I haven't, I haven't yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend them. I, and, it's, and I'm the same way, like, I don't really care, I, I don't watch Total Divas or Total Bellas, mm-hmm. because I really don't care about the, the reality type shows or whatever, but when it comes to like true crime and and uh, you know some of the backstage stuff, like I really enjoyed the Benoit episode, you know. And I didn't know, like it was almost like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, their stories were mm-hmm. so connected, you know. They were best friends, but it, it it went deeper than just you know starting in WCW and then them winning the titles together, uh, you know, having the titles together at WrestleMania twenty and. Um, I, I never knew like mm-hmm. how close they were. Like I, you know, and, and it just kind of gives you a different perspective. You know, I'll never say that Chris Benoit, you know, was justified what he did. Of course not. You know, he, he murdered his wife, he murdered his son, you know, but it kind of gives a new light because of all the, you know, the, the brain uh, injuries that he's had from the concussions and how, how, how because of all the concussions, his brain was like that of a, you know, 70-year-old dementia patient with advanced dementia, you know, being in deep, deep, deep depression because Eddie had passed away and a lot of his friends in the wrestling business had passed away, Johnny Grunge and, uh, you know, and Eddie Guerrero and, you know, going back with even Owen Hart. Um, So it kind of gives it a new spin on things like this was man was not someone who was malicious. He just wasn't in his right mind. And, um, you know, and of course you're going to have the conspiracy theories of, you know, Kevin Sullivan did it or whatever, or had something to do with it. You know, that's whatever the, the, the evidence, the mm-hmm. evidence, the evidence, you know, uh, but I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed last season with, uh, uh, the, the the Montreal screw job, you know, and it's and again, it's like stuff we knew, but 
we knew the story behind it, but it kind of went more in depth. And even some of the wrestlers who right. think the whole thing was a work, uh, you know, and we'll never know. I mean, the only people that really know whether it's a work or not are Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. Um, and we'll never know. Um, I am looking forward to the Owen Hart uh, episode uh, at the end of the year this year. Um, it's the first time Martha Hart is actually speaking publicly with anything to do with wrestling, um, you know, about Owen and the situation. Um, so that's going to be a good one. Uh, I can't wait. So I, I highly recommend it. If you do get time to watch it, I do highly recommend it. Um, so out of um, how are you enjoying AEW? Um, being that they are the new kid on the block, you know, and started by the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan, how do you see how do you see it going and, and the evolution of it? Because I have seen changes. I mean, they had to. They, it started out. I, they're they're great. Um, I don't watch it religiously. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't watch it okay. uh, religiously. Actually, so. It's, a, it's for me, it's on a, on a weird time, and I DVR a lot of stuff that I end up not watching. But it, on the flip side of the coin, mm-hmm. I do uh, read about it, I do follow up on it, I do follow, you know, all the news on it, and everything like that. So like, I'm more or less up to date on it, and I go back and I watch the things. Um, I'm a big uh, Jericho, Moxley, and Hager uh, fan. Very unpopular opinion, but I've said mm-hmm. it before on the podcast I did with Harry. And, and Tony, I really couldn't care less about the young bucks. I don't buy into they're great, absolutely. Um, I don't buy into their eyes any more than I buy into anybody else. Like, I don't really think they're the end all and be all of the greatest tag team. But I find them, and I know, of course, it's rough to, to separate sometimes the personality from the person. But I got right. turned off initially to AEW, and I think they went overboard in selling their product and, and, you know, bashing, not selling their product, I need to do that, but in terms of using bashing the WWE um, to do it. Now, the WWE has many things to bash about it and whatnot, but I think they really um, played the fans, and the WWE does it as well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that, to the extent that they created this huge, it's them, or one or the other. Um because and I say it all the time, yep. these people don't hate each other. <laughs> you know, some of some of them live next door <laughs> to each other, and um, you know, such they're all still friends. And you know, if if uh, you know, God bless Jericho, if he's offered them, you know, forty million dollars, I'm sure he'd go back. <laughs> yeah, so I think they're doing a great job. Yeah. I think they've seen the changes. I think they were um, a little too all over the place, um, and now they're. I think they're finding their uh, stride, and it's a little more cohesive. I agree with you. Um, and, and I'm in the same with you that uh, I don't, you know, I don't think the Young Bucks are, you know, the best tag team in the world. Far from it. You know, they're athletic, but I can't watch a match that's mm-hmm. 25 minutes of super kicks. Um, you know, flip-flop and fly. I'm not about that. You know, there's a time and a place for it, but now it's gotten so ingrained in a lot of wrestling that it's in almost every match, and I just, I don't I don't buy that. Um, 
you know, I do not agree that Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I just, and, and I'll admit, part of me is probably because I listen to Jim Cornette religiously, you know, his his anti-Omega uh, and anti-Bucks and that. But it's like, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Omega is a tremendous, tremendous athlete. But the, I guess his approach to wrestling, the, the fact that it's a performance, which we know it's a performance, but you don't yeah. have to rub our faces in it. Like, um, you know, we know that it's, it's choreographed. We know that it's, it's, you know, not a legitimate sports contest. We know all that. But we don't need to have, you know, you putting that at the forefront of our faces. So, so much of the stuff nowadays looks so much like a cooperation dance move. It's not uh, it's not something that you can buy into as being quote-unquote realistic looking. Uh, you know, and, and I would, I can't wait. I, I want to see, you know, we just saw yesterday the Revival was given their, their releases from WWE. Um, and quite honestly, they, you know, they'll have the 90-day no-compete clause. So, you know, in about three months, I have a feeling they're going to wind up in AEW. Uh, you know, and we could see, you know, whatever their team name is going to be down there uh, going up against the Young Bucks and uh, some of the other top tag teams down there. I will say that I have, like I said, I have seen a change uh, in AEW from October until now, even going back to a double or nothing last year. I think, like, because a lot of their wrestlers, you know, with the exception of Jericho at the time and Cody and, and Dustin, a lot of their, their wrestlers were just basic, mm-hmm. were just indie wrestlers. Um, with, the, with the addition of, of Moxley, with the addition of Hager, uh, and now Matt Hardy, um, it kind of solidifies the roster to the point of, okay, well, now there's some veterans of, you know, primetime nationwide wrestling there to kind of yeah. solidify it. You know, you could keep, you could keep the, you know, the indie guys on AW Dark or whatever, but when it comes to your main product that's going to be on TNT every week, you know, here are the guys you got to focus on. You know, I'm really high on MJF. I'm really high on Sammy Guevara. Uh, I, I like, you know, I like both of them. And, I, I you know, MJF, I got to say, is probably the best heel of the business oh, yeah, at this point. He's really um, knocking it out of, out of the park. I think both companies, whether the fans want to admit it or not, suffer from the same issues. You have... Um, Huge amount yeah. of talent. The best. I mean, listen. I can't do anything these people do. They had a woman. I could barely walk a straight line some days. I, I, can't, I don't. I can't do what they do. I always try to preface what I'm saying with that. Right. But um, in terms of one company, you know, over the other, you can't really compare them. One's been around for you know seems like thousands of years. The other one is new, and their biggest mm-hmm. um, their biggest thing is a oh, well. The other companies, you know, bad, and they still do that a little bit, you know, too much. Oh, you know, we're better than them because we're younger, or we didn't take Vince's, you know, nonsense. Um, yeah. I thought that they both suffer from the same things, in my 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 opinion. They have what well, crazy crazy talented guys and gals, um, 
with only a handful of them that can speak on, you know, handle the mic work. Um, so the whole thing right. was, and, you know, more power to Cody. He's really pulled this whole thing together. He's one that can handle, in my opinion, handle the mic. So you still have your senior people, just like in the WWE, on top, instead of the ones that can handle the mic. Yep. Nobody, nobody comes close to Jericho, let's be honest. You know, if anybody wants to tell me right. that, I'm just going to tell them they're an idiot. Nobody comes close to Jericho. Um, <laughs> so it's the same thing. And then you have Matt, who, wow, did a man ever reinvent himself as much as Matt, um, who's pretty much a genius on the mic these days. Even on his, on his birthday. So, you know, they both have the same thing. You have all this talent, only if you can, you know, work on the mic. And it's something that I think both companies, you know, somehow will never need to, you know, work on or, or address um, some way. But, you know, I know there's lots of things to enjoy in both shows and then there's things to take away from um, both shows. But the biggest issue with both shows is, is the fans. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and it was never like that. It wasn't like that until social media became so big. And I think a lot social media in general has has really hurt the wrestling business uh, for a couple reasons. One, you the the wrestlers themselves are closer than ever to their fans, and you can see the personal lives of the wrestlers and. You know, and we know they're playing characters. We know that. That's not. That's not a, you know, secret. But I think you know because, and I and I made this uh, analogy on my last podcast. You know, you watch movies, you watch sitcoms, you watch soap operas. You know, you see the actors and actresses on on the shows, and it's like right. you know they're playing a character. You know, and you don't. You know, you know that's not who they are. In a you know in in their personal life or their real life or whatever, uh, take you know whoever it is, Jim Carrey or uh, Jerry Seinfeld or whoever. Um, but yet with wrestlers, I think we want to believe that they that they are their persona on TV, and it's because they're even though they're playing a character, they're playing the same character for the most part other than if like they switch companies or they get a different name or or whatever but they're the same person you know it's not like they're going to be recast when WWE did that with the new Diesel and Razor Ramon it just absolutely bombed but you know it's like you look at somebody's personal life like I remember a couple years ago when Alexa Bliss was still a heel you know and it's like I follow her on Twitter so I see her posting pictures of the, you know, the deaf pig that she adopted and everything. And I'm like, you have such a big heart. I can't boo you. Like, and I know they're playing the character and I know that that's what they want, but I can't find it to not like her because yeah, it's how very, there's is. very few that you can get past what you know about them in reality. Like Sammy, Sammy's great at being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy James Grady being a jerk, but you also yeah. know from following him on social media that he's this amazing guy that's, you know, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you know, save people, you know, so that's the type of person, right. you know, and he doesn't yeah. do it to, you know, show off or, or this, that, and the other thing. And like, um, 
for me, Corbin, you know, everybody loves to boo Corbin, whatever, whatever. I don't, first, I don't think Corbin's as awful as people currently want to make him up to be. But for me, no, I started, no, I don't even know how I started watching it. Um, you're familiar with um, his uh, video game group, The Sweets, him, Sean Spears, and um, Tyler Breeze. They're always on like Twitch and mm-hmm. what's that other one? The one you watch through the Xbox Mixer. So uh, I think I'm yeah, from, yeah. yeah, I don't even know how I started, I started watching him, and he's so engaging and he's so entertaining and he's so like normal. You know, and they all are. So you're like, you see the, the so yep. you see the other part of it. So even though you see him like this, like goofy guy joking around with the fans, sucking at video games, you know, you can separate it from you know the jerk he is on air because you can see a little bit of it. But not, not it is it is a part like the people right. like um, Bliss and you know certain other ones yep. that you feel like, oh, how am I supposed to boo them? <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, yeah. And it sucks because they don't really sit there and go to the heel, but they still have this huge fan base. You know, but why can't you cheer the heels? Right. No, I get it. Um, and going back mm-hmm. to MJF, he stays in character. You know, he's a, he's an asshole on Twitter. He's an asshole in person. You know, he... he he wouldn't sign the oh, kid and gave the kid a middle finger. Uh, you know, it's like it, it was yeah. great. You don't see that nowadays. I mean, back in the you know '60s, '70s, '80s, when kayfabe was was so big, you know, that's all you ever saw was people staying in character. Uh, I remember, you know, but it's like again, you know, sometimes we meet them in person, their their true self comes out. Like I remember going to an autograph signing for Jim the Anvil mm-hmm. Nightheart years and years ago. Uh, and he was like a snot in person, you know, And but he was portraying a baby face on TV. Uh, you know, so after that, I, I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not going to cheer for this guy. But I was never a okay. huge Hart Foundation fan anyways. Uh, you know, I was, I was never a Bret Hart fan. Um, you know, and I've only recently oh. started to come around on Daniel Bryan. I was yeah. never really a big Daniel Bryan fan. We don't want to go there with me. Very that recently. would be a three-hour podcast of why I dislike Daniel Bryan. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm, and you know what? To, for I mean, let's open that door a little bit, at least. Um, I think for me, it's because, you know, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. He paid his dues. He went through the Indies. He went through Ring of Honor. You know, he he went through Dragon Gate, came up through the WWE ranks. I get it, but I think what pissed me off so much about Daniel Bryan is the the fans just wouldn't take no for an answer when mm-hmm. he was, you know, a mid-carter. Like, they wanted him as the world champion, and he, in my opinion, he was never world champion material. Um. You know, it's like when in 2015, when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble and um, and Daniel and everybody wanted Daniel Bryan and they booed Reigns mercilessly out of the building. I'm like, whoa, like 
why, what's so bad about a guy who actually looks like a champion, who actually has that look and that skill, and you're booing him for what reason? Daniel Bryan, you know, he he's, you know, and again, maybe it's the old school mentality that I have. He's smaller. You know, he, he's, you know, a submission wrestler. And quite honestly, in my opinion, submission wrestlers aren't usually the ones that get the big, you know, the titles. Yeah, to me, it's not, I don't think I have, a, um, I, for me, I don't really subscribe to, the, oh, he doesn't have the look of a champion or, or anything like that um, so much. I mean, Eddie, you know, smaller, Ray was smaller, but they were much more built obviously, as well. And in, okay, right. so if there's one person I like less, I like Daniel Bryan, it's Rey Mysterio. That would be the second part of the three hour, five, six okay. hours. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> so for me, it's not like, oh, so much that they're smaller, they don't have this look or that look, you know, or, or whatever. Um, for me, I'll be very honest. Um, it's like he's a great in-ring talent. Nobody can deny that. And this is going to sound stupid, but this is what fully formed my opinion on him. I never was into total Davis. I've watched it a few times when there were like people or things I wanted to see or total Bellas. But Mm -hmm. the Bellas have a YouTube channel as well. You see a whole other side of them. You realize that they're not, you know, even if you see a little bit on total Bellas, but they're not the idiots that everybody wants, you know, to make them out to be. They run like how many companies, you know, but when right. but yep. Daniel consistently came off as such an obnoxious douchebag in his videos, especially when Brady was mm-hmm. um, pregnant, it was kind of the point of like if this was like a scripted TV show, you'd be rooting for them to break up. And her hard to find the truth. At least that's how I saw it. Oh, but again, wow. I'm older than most of their you know base fans, so maybe that's how I think. But then he just constantly came off the yeah. I always really stick to my head. Mickey and John were still together. And mm-hmm. they used to play this game. They might still do it. I haven't really watched in a while. Bella Brains, where they quiz them, like who's the who was smarter. Okay. And he was always so condescending to Mickey. And on, on one of the rare occasions that Cena was in the video, he like totally called him out about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, really like, you know, you need to like, you know, watch it. And it's true because he was always... And even for like three, almost like mocking them about like things that they didn't know. It just came off like such and like you guys it kind of was like, okay, is this what he's really like? Like, ugh, I don't know you well, you know. Yeah. Wow, okay. So yeah, I could definitely understand that. Absolutely. Um Yeah, and that's and again, that goes to show mm-hmm. you why wrestling shouldn't be on reality T V and you know, the social media, it's like, keep the characters, you know, keep but, KV, but I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but anyways, oh, uh, thank you for coming on. Great episode, you know, great discussion. Um, let the fans know where they can find you on Twitter, um, Instagram, social media. Instagram and Twitter are the same. Uh, P 224 um, Okay. I do have another um, Instagram mm-hmm. Uh, two underscore with underscore fit. I don't even know whether it's fit uh, underscore with, which documents my attempt to um, lose weight. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in that, 
Uh, other than that, that's it. I okay. plan to tweet about anything and, and everything. I was not really just wrestling related. But I'm not. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. All right. Well, Liz, thank you for coming on. And um, uh, it's been great. And I will definitely do this again at some point. All right. Have a great day. Okay. So that was Liz Puglisi. Uh, and you know, I didn't realize how big of a Daniel Bryan hater she was. I'm uh, you know, she's in good company because I'm not a huge Daniel Bryan fan either. Uh, but that's great to hear. <laughs> but anyways, find her, you know, online. She gave her Twitter and Instagram handles. Um, you know, and we'll do more of these. If you're looking to come on a podcast and you're looking to have some fun, talk wrestling, talk anything, um, let me know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Apicella, SWE. Or follow the Sportswire on Twitter and Instagram at Sportswire Audio. Email me, sportswireaudio at gmail.com. Or just go over to sportswireaudio.com for, you know, that'll bring you to our anchor.fm page. And folks, we'll be back uh, probably sooner rather than later, especially with this quarantine coronavirus. I am working more, which is why I haven't been doing a lot of daily podcasts. Um, I have been working more often, uh, so it's kind of hard to record when I'm at work, so... I want to thank you all for listening. My name is Vinny Apicella, and we will be back next time on The Sportswire.